Hello, and welcome to the Denali Lord Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. My name is Denali Lord. I'm a registered dietitian, fitness professional, and mindset coach. I'm also the author and host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the ideal exercise plan. I often get asked what I do for exercise, how often I do it, and what my typical workout plan looks like. So today we're going to talk about what a workout program should look like, as well as a beginner sample week exercise plan and a sample week exercise plan for someone who's at more of an intermediate level. Let's dive in. The ideal exercise plan is dependent upon the person. My needs and goals might be completely different than your needs and goals. So keep that in mind. It's really best to work with a fitness professional on how to create a customized workout plan. Personal trainers love doing this. It's part of our education and our certification. So today I'm gonna give you general tips when designing your exercise plan. In general, we want to have some kind of daily movement every single day. I'm not saying that you have to go out and run six miles every day. I'm just talking about general movement. General movement could look like walking your dog, picking up the house, doing laundry, vacuuming, cleaning, you know, the fun stuff. It still counts as movement. If you're someone that's like, I hate the idea of exercise, maybe let's reframe that mindset and let's consider it movement. So movement might look like dancing, hiking, learning a new hobby. Maybe you're learning how to do some kind of either very intricate skill, including playing an instrument that does require movement and a lot of concentration. Or maybe you're learning something that's a little bit more hands-on, like woodworking, where you're going to be sawing and using equipment. It still counts as movement. So I'd like to keep an open mind if you are hesitant to call something exercise. Fair enough. But our aim is to get daily movement for our optimal heart health, mental health, and emotional health. We need that movement to help move toxins and waste out of our body, and also just to reframe your mind. How many times have you been in a bad mood or maybe someone upset you and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go take a five or 10 minute break. And during that five or 10 minute break, you found yourself walking or doing something physical. I bet odds are that happened most of the time. So there is something about exercise where it does raise our feel-good hormones, our dopamine levels, and it allows us to change our mindset and to move past anything that might be bugging us. Exercise or movement, if you are adverse to the term exercise, it has benefits that go far past just sweat and burning calories, and that is the whole mental aspect. It can literally change your mood in a short period of time. So what does a well-rounded exercise program look like? It's got three things. It needs to be balanced. And that balanced workout exercise program includes cardiovascular activity, 
It includes strength exercises, and it also includes range of motion exercises or what some might call stretching. So let's talk about each of those in more depth. So again, a well-rounded or balanced exercise program includes cardiovascular, strength, range of motion, and a rest day. Okay, so we might as well add that fourth thing, and we'll talk about what a rest day constitutes. So the first one, cardiovascular activity. So cardiovascular activity varies, right? We can have light activity like walking or cleaning, or maybe you're doing the cleaning really fast and then it becomes more moderate. Or maybe it's very intense where you're breathing and you're working so hard that you can either say one word or maybe even no words at all. So it is important that we have a variety of exercise. If we overtrain and only do intense exercise in the long run, that will not benefit us. That will actually make us feel tired. It could cause a hormonal shift and it could also set us up for injury, which none of us have time for that. Detail about what light, moderate, and intense exercise looks like. Light activity, as mentioned earlier, should be done every day. It includes things like yard work, walking around the house, walking your dog, cleaning, maybe just kind of dancing to music in your kitchen as you're making dinner, anything that gets your heart rate up slightly, but you could do this for an extended period of time, maybe even hours, right? Think about how long it takes you to garden or how long it takes you to clean your house. Usually it's at least an hour. So this is something that we could sustain for a while. Moderate activity. We need this because we need to get our heart rate up. Our blood is flowing. We could have maybe a short conversation or maybe just a short phrase. And typically moderate exercise is done somewhere between, I'd say 30 minutes up to maybe 90 minutes, anything longer than 90 minutes. And it's probably going to be considered more light activity, unless you're an endurance athlete, hear me out. And if it's anything that we can't sustain for, you know, just a few minutes, that's probably going to be more intense. So moderate activity is the majority of our cardiovascular exercise. This would include things like jogging, running, cleaning vigorously, lifting heavy or moderate heavy weights, endurance swimming, biking, rollerblading, hockey, badminton, tennis, you can go on and on and on, but most of what we do is moderate activity for exercise. The heart rate's up. We're able to say just enough to communicate with someone, but we wouldn't want to have an in-depth conversation in moderate exercise. Intense activity or exercise is exercise that we can sustain only for a short time. Think maybe seconds, right? If you're doing a hundred meter sprint, you can only sustain that for say 10 to 20 seconds, and then you are totally gassed. Up to a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes or so if you're more deconditioned. When I say deconditioned, I mean we're just new to exercise. Or for someone who's very well conditioned, these are my ultra runners, these are my, I live in Colorado, so folks that love to run up mountains, my, my mountain runners, um, my hikers, Maybe you could sustain that intense level of activity for an hour or so, but there is a time bound 
Um, there's a start and there's an end. There's only so long we can keep this up. Our heart rate is pounding so much. We really can't say anything to anyone. We are simply focused on breathing. Other examples of intense exercise would include interval or HIT, which is high intensity interval training. It might also include body weight exercises like jumping jacks or just body pilometrics. So think about jumping, going into a push up, like burpees. This is intense exercise. Running at a very fast pace, cycling at a very fast pace or with a lot of resistance on, swimming just as fast as you can, being on a Versa climber and sprinting as fast as you can. So use your imagination. Um, running away from a wild animal, you're certainly going to be sprinting and there's only so long you can do that. So hopefully that kind of clears the air about what we should include for our cardiovascular activity. Now, in general, cardiovascular activity should be done pretty much every day. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying you should go out and exercise moderately to intensely every day. You need to have every day include light cardiovascular activity, which could just be walking around your house, walking around your neighborhood. You could have a leisurely conversation, but you are moving. You are not sitting and you are not lying down. You are up moving about. Okay, so light activity every day. Moderate activity. I recommend most days of the week. So this is between three and five. If you are a newer exerciser where you're just getting into the swing of things, or maybe it's it's been a minute, right? It's been a few years. Go for three days. Three days a week of moderate, intensely exercise, okay? And then intense exercise. I recommend this once a week if you're just starting out and then two to maybe three times a week if you are more seasoned. Do not exercise intensely every day. Again, this is the fastest way to lead to over-conditioning and to burnout because you just cannot sustain it. Yes, those super intense classes that we love, they make us... We, we might hate them in the process, but they make us feel so good afterwards. There's a threshold. So make sure anytime you do an intense cardio workout, give yourself one day, at least one day of rest. So maybe say Monday, you do this really intense workout. You're going to take a break. You're going to do Tuesday and do light activity or another type of activity, which we're going to talk about. All right, the next type of activity we need to have in our weekly exercise program is strength. So strength includes both light or body weight and it also includes heavy. And this is subjective because what one person might consider heavy, the other person might not. So hear me out. I'm not saying go out and lift 50 pound dumbbells. If that is not within your current physical capabilities, please do not hurt yourself. I also highly recommend working with a trainer to help you learn the right form. If learning the right form is not in your budget, then going to a gym where you have mirrors, you can watch yourself and you can watch your form is really helpful. The other thing I also recommend with strength is using machines that are closed. So things like dumbbells can actually be quite dangerous because these are open exercises. You have 
the ability to do all the range of motion, but at the same time, that could also set you set yourself up for an injury if you're not used to lifting weights and you don't know what the correct form is. And the strength exercises should include a variety of them and a, ver- and a style of strength exercises. For example, you need to have some strength exercises that are body weights, some that are dumbbells, or if you don't feel comfortable using dumbbells because you don't know what the correct form is, resistance bands. Resistance bands are typically lighter in weight or resistance that most people can do in a safe manner. Um, And then also some might be heavy weights. So typically these are more of your machines where you have cable machines or machines that are closed, meaning that you, yes, you can still get injured, but it is harder to get injured because there is a safety mechanism that's going to prevent you from getting injured. Your strength plans should include the six basic movements, push, pull, hinge, lunge, squat, and carry. So think about a push. You're pushing someone away, just like you do in a push-up. Pull, you are pulling something towards you, right? Maybe you're pulling the couch towards you so you can vacuum behind it. A hinge, this is like a deadlift. You are bending down. You're bending over to pick up your bag of groceries. Lunging, you're physically stepping one foot forward and then pushing off with that foot, okay? And then you're balancing yourself with your counterfoot in order to help you accomplish a task. Squat, you could also apply the analogy of being able to squat down to pick up some books or to pick up another object. And then carry, you carry things all over your house. You carry clothes, you carry groceries into the house, you carry boxes of things that we no longer use. So these six basic movements We need these, and these are things that you can replicate when you're doing your strength workouts. Now, again, a personal trainer, this is what we're trained to do, is to make workouts balance and to make sure that we have these six basic movements. So it's very important that we include a rest day whenever we lift weights, especially if you're going to lift heavy or strenuous weights. We need this because every time we lift weights, we're actually inducing muscle fiber tears that break down the muscle and then actually allow the muscle fiber to grow back bigger. Now, this only happens if we give it the proper rest and the proper nutrition in order to grow. Otherwise, that muscle tear can actually become a strain, which then can become something like a tear or a partial tear. And we definitely do not want to tear a muscle or tear a tendon or ligament. So remember tendons attach muscle to bone and ligaments attach muscle to muscle. Muscles have an abundance of oxygen supply, okay, as well as nerves. And our ligaments and tendons don't really have that many um, red blood cells that allow for oxygen to be transported to these tissues. This is why when you tear or you injure a tendon or a ligament, it takes so much longer to heal. So part of this is just safety, which leads me to our next form that we need to include whenever we are exercising, and that is range of motion or stretching. 
there is a difference between range of motion and stretching. Range of motion is the motion that we have within a certain joint. It's the joint's ability to move. If we exceed that threshold, we can injure ourselves, okay? So stretching, stretching is more holding the muscles in a certain shape that stretches them out. Our muscles and our skin has elasticity and it does stretch the elastin fibers. And if we overstretch them, we can injure ourselves. But if we don't stretch at all, we can injure ourselves. And so typically, whenever you start exercising, especially if you're doing something that's very cardiovascular focused and or very strength focused, we need to have the range of motion exercises or stretching. These are something that like light cardiovascular activity, it needs to be done every day, even if it's for as short as five minutes. Okay, so range of motion exercises every day. Range of motion exercises provide optimal joint health, muscle, I can't talk today, muscle health and longevity. This doesn't mean you have to go out and do a split or go to yoga. In fact, I encourage you, I would actually not start out with yoga if you are brand new. And, and here's the reason why. I know I'm probably gonna get some feedback on this, but if you do not have good body awareness, meaning that you are not aware of how your body is positioned during an exercise or just in general, yoga sometimes can push an individual that does not have good body awareness past their ability to fully control and understand what their body's capable of. So before you start doing all these extreme flexibility exercises, become more aware of your body. And it can be as something as simple as stand against a wall, feel your head touch the wall, feel your shoulders touch the wall, and then feel where your hips are. Good. Now start to notice that there's a little space actually around the waistband of your pants where your low back for the most part does not touch the wall. That is a natural curve within our spine that we have, that we need. That's part of our body's ability to absorb shock as we walk and as we move. If we don't have that curve, not good. We end up having problems throughout our spinal column that can lead to things like arthritis or a degenerative disc. So we do need to have this ample spacing and the curves within our spinal column. Times, if you're brand new to an exercise regimen and you're starting with yoga, sometimes the flexibility becomes more of the main focus and you end up pushing those muscle fibers in your body too far and then this can induce a tear. Um, this actually happened to me. I first started out with yoga and I didn't really fully understand my body and what was going on. And hear me out on this. As a kid, I grew up, I was very active. I was in gymnastics. I was also involved in running and track and cross country. But as an adult, when you, you kind of lose that ability to be in tune with your body. I think as a child, children are very in tune with their bodies where there's more trust. When you start to condition yourself into more of a traditional environment, body awareness is not something that's always developed or at the forefront of our attention. 
And so during adolescence, your body is changing so rapidly, you actually kind of lose touch. And then you go to college or you go off and you start working and you lose even more body awareness. So body awareness is something that we need to have in each of these um, different components of an exercise program, but especially in range of motion and stretching exercises. I feel like people often get hurt the most in these because they are not aware of their body and just what their joint can accommodate and can provide. It really doesn't matter how in shape you are. If there is an issue going on at the joint or at the bone, there's only so much we can do. And it doesn't make you less of an athlete or less of a person. It's just our physical anatomy or structure. And that's what we have to work with. So basically I'm trying to say is don't push too far. The other really important thing to consider whenever you're doing range of motion exercises is to breathe. You want to fully inhale and you want to fully exhale. Some simple range of motion exercises that you can do at home. One is standing hip circles. I also like to call it hip flossing because you are literally flossing the joint. If you think about flossing your teeth, you're getting into the little grooves. It's kind of the same thing for our body. So stand with one hand against a wall. You're going to pick one leg. Let's say you start with your right leg and then you're going to make gentle circles with your right leg while you're balancing on your left leg. Now these circles aren't going to be big at first because again, we're getting to know our body. You're gonna do about 10 circles in one direction and notice if there's any pain, notice how this feels in your low back, and then you're going to change direction and do 10 circles the opposite way, okay? And then you'll repeat that on the other side. But opening up your hips, a lot of us, we have really tight hips. We do naturally house and store our emotions in our hips. That's one of, um, kind of our energetic responses. So tight hips along with our lifestyle of sitting at work and then sitting in the car to go drive to the next place. It makes our hips tight. The next thing we can do is a seated forward fold stretch. So you can sit somewhere on your living room or bedroom floor, and then you can take something like a belt, or if you have a stretchy band, take the stretchy band, place it around the soles of your feet, take a deep breath in, think about pulling your belly towards your spine, and then exhale, slowly begin to fold forward. You can do this with a flat back or a rounded back, and you want to be mindful though, and make sure that your shoulders aren't creeping up towards your ears. Now, this is a good range of motion exercise for hamstrings. Like hips, our hamstrings tend to be very tight due to our daily lifestyle and activity. Next, we need to include some twists and rotations, but we do need to be careful. So if you're standing still, you have some space around you, you can start to bring your arms out to the side so your arms are making a T-shape, and then you can just kind of gently rotate from side to side, keeping your feet planted. So that rotation is actually occurring in your midsection or in your trunk. And then just notice if rotating in one direction, you have a greater range of motion than the other direction, okay? Folks with a lateral curve in their spine, like scoliosis, you really do need to be careful. Work with whoever your supervising um, health practitioner is on this because scoliosis, depending upon the nature of your scoliosis, you could have one side that's really 
a lot more flexible and has more range of motion than the other side, and we don't want to force that. Okay, so the other thing that applies to all cardiovascular strength and range of motion exercises is that we need to move our body in all three planes of motion. Most of our day is spent in one plane, the sagittal plane. That moves us forwards and backwards. Think about walking, driving, texting. It's probably more forwards than anything. As humans, we have a tendency movement-wise to not go backwards as much. So do you ever want to try something different or just really confuse your brain? Walk backwards or try running backwards or rollerblading backwards. It's an awesome mental exercise. Really, really important. We really do need to move our body in all three planes of motion, whether we are doing cardiovascular activities, whether we're doing strength training activities, or whether we are doing range of motion and or stretching activities. So let me tell you about these three planes of motion. We have the frontal plane, the sagittal plane, and the transverse plane. The frontal plane, it bisects your body into a front and a back half. So imagine that you're standing tall. Your feet are about hip width apart. Your arms are down by your side with your palms facing forward and your gaze is looking straight ahead. This is anatomical position. And so imagine that you drew a line that literally went down the middle of your body, bisecting or intersecting your body into a front and a back half. This is the frontal plane. Now standing tall, think about all the movements you can do when your body is divided into a front and a back half. Usually these are things that either move towards the midline or center of our body, or they move away from the midline of our body. These are known as abduction, A-B-D-duction, and adduction, A-D-D-duction. So abduction moves away. Think about a lat raise if you're lifting your weights or if you're doing an angel, angel stretch where those arms come out to the side and then overhead that's working in the frontal plane. So in knowing how and the planes that we move can be very helpful. Next, we have the sagittal plane, which bisects our body into a left and right side. So now imagine that you've taken that line and you've just basically divided it in between your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and now you have this right and left side. Most of our movements in our day-to-day life are in the sagittal plane. Walking, running, cycling, um, lunging, squatting, deadlifting. They're usually there, right? Last but not least is the transverse plane. The transverse plane divides the body into a top and a bottom half. So imagine that you took a line and you basically cut yourself off around mid trunk, right around your belly button. You had your bottom half and your top half. Now transverse movements are movements that rotate. So think about you're standing tall, right? And we're doing that rotation where arms are out to the side. That's working in the transverse plane. Okay. There's also, um, movements like bicycle twists that are working in the transverse plane. You can have one body part working in one plane 
and another body part working in another plane. So think about this. You're walking, and as you're walking, you're twisting, right? Maybe you're, you're throwing a punch, okay? Your trunk would be working in the transverse plane, but you're walking, so your legs are actually moving in the sagittal plane. So that's, that can be a very common thing. I don't want to overcomplicate this, but you do have to think about the body part that you're referring to because that is going to dictate what plane you're working that body part in. Okay, so, so far we've talked about cardiovascular strength and range of motion exercises and how we need to work them in all three planes of motion. If we don't work all three planes of motion, you are going to set yourself up for an injury. I can think of, I used to do a lot of road biking. That puts your body in this kind of slightly hinged position, right? Where you're hinging at the hips. It puts a lot of strain on the neck, a lot of strain on the back because it's mostly working in that sagittal plane. You are pedaling forwards. There's very little thought that's given to the back. So you really have to think about engaging your core in order to protect the back. Who would have thought? So a lot of times we do forget to work the back of the body. I am also a comprehensive Pilates teacher. I have three certs and working your posterior chain or backside of the body is key. Our society, our culture, our movement is so front of the body and forward focused that we forget we have a whole nother side. It's back there. All right, guys, I know I was <clears throat> going to talk to you about a rest day. So rest days are really important. Rest days can look a little bit differently depending upon what you need. I'm a big believer in trusting the intuitive process that your body will ultimately tell you exactly what you need to do. Say you've had a grueling week. Work has been exhausting or school has been exhausting and you've had several workouts that have been moderate to intense on effort and you are just run down. In fact, you almost feel like you're on the verge of getting sick. Do you push through it or do you take a rest day? Take the rest day. Maybe you walk around your house for 15 minutes. Notice if that makes you feel better. If the light activity makes you feel better, maybe you add on another 15 minutes and you continue to walk. But if you feel pretty crummy after just walking around your house where you feel so deflated, like there is nothing more to give, go to bed or take a nap. That is your body's way of telling you, hey, I've done too much. Now I'm not saying this when that alarm goes off at six o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh, do I have to go to my spin class? Well, you don't have to, but that's where you as the person have to consider your week, how much sleep you've gotten, how much rest you've gotten, how many other intense workouts you've done that week. Balance is key and moderation is key. And sometimes we go, 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 go. And not doing a workout or having a day where you need to watch Netflix and chill does not make you a lazy or a bad person. Everyone needs those days. All right, so let's talk about what a sample workout week would look like for a beginner. Now remember, rest days are key. You wanna have at least two rest days where you're doing light activity or you're listening to your body and maybe it's just a, I need to be on the couch kind of day and that's okay. 
I do recommend keeping the length of the program a little bit shorter. 30 minutes is always a great place to begin. And for a lot of us, that's all we have time-wise. That's awesome. You also need to have just one day where it's a little longer. Maybe it's 10 to 15 minutes longer. So whatever that quote unquote endurance day is, and that will help you build the stamina to start increasing the duration of your workouts. So here's what I have for a sample beginner workout week. All right, so day one is 30 minutes of strength. Remember that could be body weight exercises, that could be dumbbell exercises, that could be machines. It could also be something like, hey, I've got to chop up this wood, or hey, I've got to move and help build this shed, or I've got to dig a hole, right? I've got to rake. There's ways to get strength-related activities without necessarily having weights, okay? I do encourage everybody to take 15 minutes to do range of motion exercises, so again, I, I gave you a couple of samples. If you Google range of motion exercises on the internet, there's like a whole plethora, or you can always reach out to me and ask. Personal trainers and Pilates instructors, especially, we're really good at range of motion exercises. Day two, because we did the strength and we might be a little sore, we're going to do 30 minutes of light activity. Remember light activity, walking your dog, Take them on two 15-minute walks. Boom, there's 30 minutes of activity. It could be cleaning. It could even be gardening. So whatever is going to be light, it uplifts you. It's not strenuous. It's not even moderate. Day three, we have 30 minutes of moderate intense cardio plus 15 minutes of range of motion. Day four is another rest day. It's 30 minutes of light activity. Day five, 30 minutes of moderate intense cardio plus 15 minutes of range of motion. It's important that when you're just starting your exercise program out, don't overdo it on the cardio. Think about something that gets your heart rate up. You could say about four or five words and you can do it for about 30 minutes and that's it. And that's a good moderate intensity. Day six is another rest day. It's 30 minutes of light activity. And day seven is our slightly longer day. We want to have... 45 minutes of a blend of intense cardio and strength. Maybe it's only 10 minutes of really intense cardio and the rest is strength. So that might look like you're doing some strength exercises like a push up, and then you're gonna get your heart rate up. You're gonna do jumping jacks or you're gonna ride your bike as fast as you can. Okay, breaking that up. I do like the blend of doing strength and cardio efforts. It, kind of naturally creates an interval. An interval is where we have a very intense, increased effort for just a few seconds, and then it's followed by a period of recovery or rest. So say, for example, you have a goal of doing jumping jacks as hard and as fast as you can for 30 seconds, and then followed by that, you're gonna take 30 seconds to do just body weight squats, and then you repeat 30 seconds as fast as you can jumping jacks, followed by 30 seconds of squats, Having an activity that's high intensity, like the jumping jacks, followed by the squats, helps to balance it out. Notice that there's only one day where it's 45 minutes in length. The rest of them are 30 minutes with the 15 minutes of stretching, which stretching is a light activity. It's not anything that's going to really get your heart rate up. So if you don't have 15 minutes, even five minutes, anything you can do for range of motion. 
Okay, so say you've been exercising for a while and you're looking for something that's either a little bit more balanced or maybe you are cardio king or cardio queen or maybe all you did was lift weights and so you're still new to the other formats of exercise. Here is a good plan if you are somewhat seasoned with exercising but maybe you're looking to make your plan more well-rounded or just throw in some new stuff. So for an intermediate exerciser, someone that's been exercising for at least six months, they know what they're doing, but they're ready for a change. Maybe you're hitting a plateau. Day one, you're going to do 30 minutes of moderate to intense cardio. It's probably going to be a blend of moderate to intense as 30 minutes of intense cardio is really hard to sustain, followed by ideally 15 minutes of stretching and range of motion. But again, if you only have five, you only have five. Day two is 30 minutes of light to moderate strength. Okay, this could be body weight, free weights, machines, yard work, right? Housework, building something. And then you're also going to include that 15 minutes of stretching and range of motion. Day three, we're gonna take it up a notch. This is a little bit longer effort. 45 minutes of moderate to intense cardio. It's probably gonna be a blend, 15 minutes of stretching. We always need to have those range of motion exercises, especially if the workout is hard. Day four, rest. So we are resting light activity for about 30 minutes to an hour. Again, walking, light yard work. We also should include some stretching and range of motion. Day five, 45 minutes strength. This could be moderate to intense. So maybe we're lifting a little bit heavier weights. Maybe it's our one rep maximum stretching and range of motion. Day six, this is another rest day where we are, we have light movement, nothing that's too crazy. And then day seven, it's going to be a slightly longer day. It's 45 minutes. That's a blend of moderate and intense cardio and strength. So you're blending cardio strength and that moderate to intense ratio. And then of course, if we have that moderate to intense exercise, we've got range of motion exercises. Now feel confident. You now feel like you have an idea of the types of exercises to include in your weekly exercise program, as well as the knowledge that we're going to take a rest day. Rest days are a great thing. They allow us to only come back stronger the next day. And we're also going to take the time to not only work our body in all three planes of motion, but we're also going to make sure we have those range of motion exercises so we prevent injury and we also just allow our joints and our muscles to have that much more of a healthier, happier life. We are extending their warranty, so to speak. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. As always, if you have questions, comments, feedback, please reach out to me, info at DenaliLord.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys soon.